Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of Scheme Me Up Body. I'm your host, Rodney Stewart. We're getting into some more Star Trek goodness in this episode with uh, a little review on uh, episode 3 of Star Trek Picard. And I, I keep kind of questioning myself about new Star Trek uploading these podcasts. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, really... At the moment, I'm sort of letting the the popular attitudes kind of get to me a little bit. Like there's, there's so many of the the classic fans of Star Trek really don't like this newer sort of stuff. I'm not one of them. I I'm not going to say it's better than the classic stuff, but it is what it is, guys. It's 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 new Star Trek. It's not as good as the older stuff. I give I'll give you that but you know it is what it is it's it's you know at least we're getting some new stuff it mightn't be as good as the older stuff but if you actually look back in time you'll see that when the next generation originally came out and all the other spin-offs like whenever they first began to air they were getting all the same abuse that you know Star Trek Picard and Discovery and all that sort of stuff is getting now so you know it is what it is give it a chance uh, I just I don't get the the whole attitude of you know I could do so much better than these people they're ruining our childhood sort of thing it is what it is guys they, you know they own Star Trek they can do it they want with it just because we don't agree with it doesn't make it any less of a thing do you know what I mean uh, you know I used to own a house half an hour away from where I live at right now I sold that probably 16 17 years ago at this point not once have I went up and knocked at the door of that house and demanded to see what way they were decorating the inside of it you know what it is what it is something sold you know, the owner can do whatever the hell they want with it, whether we agree with it or not. But anyway, that's a bit of a tangent I wasn't expecting to go on to at the beginning of this episode. But anyway, we're going to jump into this review. Again, this was uh, recorded uh, when the episode actually aired. This, used to, this is the audio stripped from an old YouTube video that was once online. And uh, yes, uh, I hope you enjoy it. This is episode 3 of Star Trek Picard, entitled The End is the Beginning. Uh, ends off like a free part opener to this series, but the entire series, you know, it's, it's not like classic Star Trek. Like classic Star Trek tended to be, you know, there, there was never really a major big story arc throughout the entire series attended most of the time it's not that it never happened but attended most of the time that there's going to be any bigger stories it'd be like a two or two-parter or a three-parter but the end of this here is basically the opener how Picard gets to getting the beginning of his crew and leaving Earth for the, the start of his journey to find the twin sister of Daj at the beginning of this one we get a flashback to the attack by the synthetics on Mars uh, 14 years previous and uh, yes does a quick little kind of update of that you can see the the synthetics rebelling Mars and flames and then it cuts over to Starfleet headquarters 
and we get a little bit of a backstory of Picard and Rafi at the end of episode 2 of course we meet her she wasn't happy to see Picard coming so we get a little bit of their backstory at the beginning of this episode and basically they're at Star outside Starfleet headquarters and Picard comes out and he admits that you know of Starfleet pulling their support in the Romulan relocation program he basically tried to bluff them by threatening the hand on his reg resignation and he admits that they actually accepted it so he's no longer in Starfleet he's out um, Rafi calls Picard JL JL obviously for John Luke now if you know Star Trek history with Picard you will know that he when it comes to Starfleet and him being the captain or admiral whatever rank he may be uh, he is very very much the sort of person that wants you to go by the rules and you know you need to call him captain or admiral whatever the situation may call for it is very very rare anyone gets close enough to Picard to call him by his name much less cutting John Luke down to JL so that in itself tells you that these two characters at one point were extremely extremely close back in the day and the 14 years that have passed since this time are going to be interesting and I'm really looking forward to seeing where the arc of this story in particular goes between the two of these people uh, at the beginning Rafi she suspected 14 years ago that there was a Romulan connection to what was going on with the whole Mars thing and uh, John Luke more or less didn't dismiss it but he's like you know I'm no longer in Starfleet what can I do about it and at this point she gets called to Starfleet headquarters and loses her job basically uh, then we had the intro and the episode opens and it starts off at the Vasquez Rocks uh, where Rafi's home is at and it's been multiple alien worlds throughout Star Trek history there's been a lot of uh, chatter online that people are like oh you know what they shouldn't use these rocks and say they're from Earth because this is a historically in the Star Trek universe this is like the, the alien world the alien rock looking sort of thing it's ridiculous people complain about just about anything these days uh, Picard fills Rafi in on meeting Daj and she's like basically the offspring from Data. she had been killed there's a, a twin he needs to go and find her and uh, he needs her help in getting a ship and a pilot for him to get off Earth as Starfleet have basically told him to go and take a run and jump um, Rafi is not happy about Picard turning up after 14 years after them being so close and she lost her career over the head of back in Picard and she's really mainly upset that 14 years have passed and Picard has basically not been in contact with her uh, back in the Borg cube uh, Hugh returns with absolutely no fanfare whatsoever so much so that if he did have an appearance in episodes 1 and 2 I didn't notice now Hugh 
at this point ex Borg. He's like in control of the the Borg reclamation program that the Romulans are running on the cube. But back in the next generation, he was the first Borg first person assimilated by the Borg that broke their program and, and got out of their clutches, but he went back to the collective of memory serves. It's been a very long time since I actually watched TNG properly. And I believe he went back to the collective to see if there's a way that he could, you know, try and free more people from the clutches of the Borg. And that ties in with what he's doing in this series. But I thought it was just a tasty little thing to do to bring Hugh back in and not be like blowing any bells, <laughs> blowing any whistles and ringing any bells to say, look at this character, he used to be in the next generation and uh, he's back and whatnot. But he's just, he's there, he turns up, he does his part. And I thought it was a good choice to do it that way. Uh, Hugh he grants an interview with a woman called Ramda, a Romulan who is assimilated by the Borg. Uh, so she wants to interview her. She has got some kind of working theory about Romulan myth mixed with Borg. And that's a very involved story at this point. And I think I'm going to need a couple more episodes to really delve into that one. But uh, we don't know why Soji is on the board cube at this point. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is, guys. You know, I don't like to think too far ahead in these things. I would rather just watch the series, see how it unfolds, instead of trying to, you know, think up scenarios for it. Uh, it's not that I don't do it on and off, but, you know, I like to enjoy the series as well. Uh, yes, she gets in to interview this character, Ramda, uh, back on Earth. Picard, he's still, still trying to kiss Ralphie's ass, and she basically kicks him out. And she tells him, I do have a pilot for you, he will be in contact. Gosh, excuse me. I'm only after having a massive, massive dinner. Um, at the Daystrom Institute... Starfleet Security turns up to uh, interrogate Dr. Agnes Gerati. Of course, you know, she's big involved into the potential of what Picard is looking for. And now that Picard has, you know, basically told Starfleet what's going on, they're on a, going to be on his case the rest of the series. Uh, back at the cube, he takes Suji to meet Ramda and all the disordered patients on this cube are Romulans. They're basically, what they're doing with the reclamation program is they're basically trying to disconnect any Borg from the collective. Like the, the, the ship itself has basically been damaged to the point where the collective have cut it off. So it's just a floating junkyard full of drones that are wandering aimlessly. They're no longer part of the collective. So what these guys are doing is they're trying to disconnect them, take all the technology out of their system and trying to reintegrate them into a, a life, basically. And there are ones that they refer to as disordered patients. You know, they're psychologically scarred from their experiences and this Ryman is one of them. Um, there's a brilliant little scene in this episode too where Picard has left Rafi. But he knows her well enough to know that she's going to be researching everything he's told her about. 
and there's a great little scene where he basically escapes in and he says, I'm going to send you the information on uh, Bruce Maddox and she's like, I'm not interested and he's like, carry on, cuts off the phone call. Dry, dry wit humour, typical of Picard, absolutely love that little scene. At this point in the series, uh, episode, Picard gets beamed on to Captain Rios' ship and he's met by an EMH who is tending to an injury to Captain Rios and you know the, the EMH looks at the captain. Uh, part of me was kind of hoping that they would use the same actor from uh, Voyager and The Next Generation. And people are like, he never appeared in The Next Generation. He appeared in one of the movies. So, you know. What can I say? You know, stop it. <coughs> but, you know, obviously he would have aged a hell of a lot. But in saying that there, we've had data at the beginning of the series. And, uh, you know, he's aged a heck of a lot. If you look at him physically from the very first episode of The Next Generation to the data we've seen at the beginning of Star Trek Picard here, you know, there's no reason why it couldn't happen. But anyway, uh, he's on the ship, he meets the captain, and the captain, he's, Captain Rios, has got this little metal stuck on his shoulder and the EMH is tending to him, sort of EMH is an emergency medical hologram, by the way, if you didn't know that. And Rios says, sit down, and Picard walks past the captain's chair of the ship, and pauses briefly, but he goes and sits somewhere else. Uh, they've got they do a little bit of a back and forth here, trying to get to know each other. And Rios is coming across as like the rebel, the Han Solo type of character, and the sort of person that doesn't care about anything. But Picard sees right through him as he just he looks about the ship and he's like, "I've only been on here a couple of minutes, and from what I've seen, everything's stowed away." Starfleet fashion, like your Starfleet to the core. Very, very good judgy character. Always has been. Picard. So, uh, back on Earth, Rafi, she is still researching and she finds a possible destination on her research and the Maddox and as Free Cloud she comes up with. Um, back on Rios' ship, Picard has now left, he's gone back to Earth. And the image is the sort of character that isn't, you know, he's programmed to do this one at least. You know, most emergency medical holograms are just there for medical emergencies, essentially, it's in the name. But this one seems to be programmed to do a heck of a lot in the ship. It's like uh, a captain on his own in the ship with a holographic crew, basically. Uh, this image. Is bigging up Picard to him. He's like, you, you should help this guy. It's been a long time since you're in the side of the angels, sort of a conversation. And he goes through kind of the most of the big moments in the history of Picard, uh, stuff that you'll notice straight away from the next generation. Like, you know, he fought the Borg, uh, all that sort of stuff. And uh, we, we discover in this conversation between. Rios and the image that he blames himself for the death of his ex-captain or one of his ex-captains. So that's, we're getting a little bit of a look into his kind of background in that one sentence there. 
So I'm beginning to think that this guy is going to be a very, very interesting character in the series. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, back at Picard's uh, orchard, uh, he's talking with Laris about life on the farm, and he admits that he, you know, he never really felt like he belonged there. And she knows this is the truth. She's always known it in a way, even though she's never. That doesn't say this, but it's. It's almost as if there's no surprise to her, you know, she's, she can read Picard like a book. Uh, such a good actress in that role of Lars. Unbelievable. Um, where are we at here? I've lost place in my notes. Uh, we're back in the cube. Hugh and Soji are watching Ramda putting together a Romulan tarot card, sort of a puzzle. And Soji, when she begins to interact with her, she subtly... And I noticed this straight off. She subtly starts speaking a little bit like data, the way he would have done when he was accessing memory or data from his, his mind. Um, we skip back and forth from the cube a heck of a lot in this here. Like the, the scenes within the cube could have been compressed slightly into a, a better way of delivering it. But it is what it is. Um, not that I'm slagging the episode off and anyway really did enjoy it. Uh Picard, Laris and Zaban uh they're in his office and they're attacked by the Zad Fash and during the battle and it's something I've noticed in this first few episodes there's a lot of any confrontations and fighting that happens where Picard is a part of it, there's always someone there to protect him. And in this fight he does get hold of a a blaster and he does take out a few of the, the bad guys, but he's he's very much been on the protected side. Like they're really, really trying to sell the fact that he's a lot older now. He's starting to get frail and he's not the superhero that you know he once was in the Star Trek universe. I like that a lot. That they're showing the main character to be very vulnerable most of the time. Uh, during the fight, uh, what's her face turns up? Doc <laughs> what's her face? Gosh. Dr. Girati turns up during the fight and rescues them from the last Romulan attacker and uh, they tie him up and Picard tries to interrogate him. Now I'm mixing up some of the scenes here. We skip back and forth from the the cube quite a bit here again. Uh, the tie up, the the Romulan attacker, but back in the cube, Soji's chat with Ramda about Romulan myth. During that, Ramda freaks out and asks Soji, "Which sister are you? I remember you from tomorrow." Uh, a conversation that's designed to throw you off track. I remember you from tomorrow. Like we know she's psychologically scarred from being assimilated by the Borg. But you know, I love these little things in Star Trek where they try and throw you off and send you in another direction and keep you guessing. Absolutely love that type of storytelling. Uh, at one point, she freaks out so bad she pulls a blaster. On, well, I should say Phaser, a blaster is the Star Wars universe. You know, that will annoy someone if I refer to Phasers as blasters. 
<coughs> Excuse me. But uh, she gets, you know, the guards manage to get the, the phaser off her and uh, calm the situation down. And uh, Soji is shocked at the response, uh, especially referring to her twin sister. Um, Rhonda calls Soji the destroyer during this part as well. And the Romulan Zadfash also refer to her as a destroyer. Back on Earth, whenever Picard is trying to interrogate the Romulan attacker. And before you can get any real information out of him, he pops uh, a death pull in his tooth and kills himself. Uh, we've seen this before. This is the way that they took out Daj in episode 1. The Romulan broke the thing out of his tooth and spat the, the liquid over her which killed her and killed him as well uh, Soji goes back to her quarters on the cube and she calls her mother now this is the second time we've seen this happen in the series uh, Daj did it and during this call Soji loses consciousness now this obviously this mother character that they call it's like through the computer like she's never physically in the room of them or on screen she's you know kind of skyped on to uh and it almost seems every time this mother figure appears she's trying to calm some one of the two of them down so this must be a program that's designed to keep these uh human synthetics in check sort of thing you know kind of regulates them a little that's what i'm taking from it anyway um she wakes up the next morning narak who the Romulan spy turns up. So she, she can't figure out how she knew the information that she was talking about when she was talking to Randa the day before. And he's calming her down and he's doing his best to tell her, you know, I think I'm falling in love with you. But, you know, his motives are to find out where the human synthetics are at for the Romulan cause. Now, this character is going to be an interesting one throughout the run of the series. I've seen it already in this episode. I think there's a possibility that he could switch sides before the end of the series. Could be totally wrong. Again, he has a sister that was posing as a lieutenant in the Starfleet, and she's really, really intent on finishing whatever mission they're on, and he's managed to talk her into doing something more subtle. And this is his way, trying to weasel himself into Soji's life to see what he can find out. Uh, on the subject of her, I'm just looking at the notes that she actually turns up at the end of this episode. And uh, threatens to take matters under her own hands if he doesn't pull his finger out and find out what they're looking to know now. And she basically gives him one week and she's going to take the, you know, she's going to, you know, bring the, the violence on board to get it sorted out. Um, back on Earth, Dr. Girati tells Picard about the interview of Starfleet security. He's not surprised and he says, you know, it's, you know, you did what you had to do. Starfleet security comes, you, the right thing to do was to be honest. But she said the only thing I didn't tell him was that I'm going with you 
on this mission to find this second human synthetic and uh, Picard is not sure whether to bring her or not but she's like you know I'm the the earth's foremost expert on this technology and you know if you take me off you I will more than earn my keep sort of thing so that is pretty much the the episode widen up now and the last we see is Picard and Gerardi beaming on board Rios's ship and Rafi is already there waiting for them and she's like you know I'm not joining this mission I'm just here I've got the destination for you uh, the guy you're looking for he's on free cloud I'm just tagging along for the ride once you get there you're on your own sort of a thing but I think this is just a lot of hot air on her behalf you know she wants to get back in with Picard and help him but she doesn't want to let him know that she still cares as much as she does uh, the end of the episode closes out absolutely beautiful the way they've done it you know Picard gives out the issues the famous order whenever he wants to go somewhere he's like you know the ship's ready to go and he's like engage and we get a little bit of the classic Star Trek theme music at the closing of this episode absolutely brilliant this uh, episode was a heck of a lot better than I was expecting it to be and uh, episode 4 I'm hoping this is going to be good we're finally left Earth it took us 3 episodes but we finally left Earth we're heading out into space and this is where Star Trek shines when they're tracking through the stars this has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Thank you so much for listening.